The following program deals with military and veteran issues. All comments and opinions expressed on this show are those who made them. They do not reflect the opinions of the Church of Satan or Radio Free Satan. So on with the show. Welcome to the official Infernal Legion podcast. I'm your host, Warlock Jeff Bowling, commander of the Infernal Legion, and this is our special Memorial Day episode for year 58, Anno Satanus. We have a great episode for you today. First, I'll be going over the history of Memorial Day, its origins, legal status, and the ways in which I personally observe the holiday. Then I'll be joined by a panel of fellow Legionnaires who will be sharing their perspectives on Memorial Day. Finally, We'll close out the show with our traditional reading of the names of the fallen and the playing of taps. Before we dive in, though, let's give a quick shout-out to the sponsors of this episode. The Warlock Emporium is creating bespoke items for the chosen few. The Warlock Emporium is the only authorized seller of items bearing the Warlock sigil designed by Magister Dr. Robert Johnson, the author of The Satanic Warlock. The Warlock Emporium is now offering a 10% military and veterans discount. Please visit www.thewarlockemporium.com for more information. Underworld Amusements is your source for curious sundries and callous broadsides. Since 2007, Underworld Amusements has been curating, publishing, and selling books deemed too dangerous for mass consumption. Visit www.underworldamusements.com for more information. Duffelblog is the American military's most trusted news source. Duffelblog has been taking the brass to task for 11 years through the highest quality satire written by veterans for veterans. Visit www.duffelblog.com for more information. And now, let's get back to the show. Memorial Day is a federal holiday set aside to honor and remember the service members who paid the ultimate price in defense of the United States of America. Memorial Day is officially observed on the last Monday in May. However, from 1868 to 1970, it was observed on May 30th. Prior to its national adoption, Memorial Day, originally known as Decoration Day, began in the wake of the United States Civil War throughout various communities in both the North and South in which battles took place. In 2022, the National Cemetery Administration, a division of the Department of Veterans Affairs, proclaimed that the official beginning of Decoration Day was to be credited to Mary Ann Williams, who first came up with the idea of, quote, strewing the graves of Civil War soldiers, Union and Confederate, with flowers. On May 30, 1868, Commander-in-Chief John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic proclaimed Decoration Day as a national holiday. By 1890, all former Union states and a handful of formerly Confederate states had officially recognized the holiday. On the heels of World War I, all states began to observe the holiday for all military fallen. In 1971, Congress standardized the holiday as Memorial Day, changed its observance to the last Monday in May, and officially recognized it as a federal holiday. Now, most people view Memorial Day as the unofficial start of summer, 
and most businesses have jumped on board with that idea, offering sales and special deals to quote-unquote celebrate the long weekend. Obviously, this idea of celebration for a holiday designed to commemorate the fallen sometimes rubs veterans the wrong way, and that has caused controversy in other places as well. In fact, in the year 2000, Congress passed the National Moment of Remembrance Act, which asked that all citizens pause and remember the fallen at 3 o'clock p.m. on Memorial Day. And it did not stop there. In 2003, the Veterans of Foreign Wars Veterans Service Organization blamed the change of the date of observance for people not taking the holiday seriously. In an official statement, which reads in part, Changing the date merely to create three-day weekends has undermined the very meaning of the day. No doubt this has contributed a lot to the general public's nonchalant observance of Memorial Day. Now, despite the public's apparent nonchalance when it comes to Memorial Day, there are still a number of rituals and ceremonies associated with the holiday. First off, the flag is raised briskly to full staff and then solemnly lowered to half staff where it remains until noon on Memorial Day. This occurs at all federal buildings and at most state buildings as well. The President of the United States places a wreath on the tomb of the unknown soldier in Arlington National Cemetery, after which a moment of silence is observed before the playing of taps, usually by the Marine Corps or Army bands. Across the country, volunteers will place flags at the grave sites of veterans. And of course, there is the tradition of veterans placing coins at the grave sites of their fellow service members. Now, it is not clear where this tradition began, but it is now a standard practice for veterans around the country to visit the grave sites of their fellow service members and to leave coins on their tombstones. A penny represents that they knew the service member in question. A nickel represents that they went to basic training or boot camp with the service member. A dime represents that they served with or were stationed with the service member in question. And a quarter represents that they were there when the service member died. So how do I personally observe Memorial Day? Well, since founding the Infernal Legion, I've had the opportunity to represent the Infernal Legion at a cross-VSO event that is held every year in my local community. At this event, Representatives from the VFW, the American Legion, AMVETS, and the Disabled American Veterans, along with myself and the Infernal Legion, will gather together and march to the Veterans Memorial Park that is located in our community. There, a ceremony will begin, which will include a reading of the names from the local community, a 21-gun salute, a moment of silence, followed by the playing of taps, and the national anthem. After this ceremony concludes, I will hang out with the guys from the other VSOs, and we'll probably grab a few drinks, and after which, I will head over to my family's, where I'll meet up with family and friends, and drink and have a barbecue and have fun. So as you can see, I'm not quite opposed to the ritualistic display of summer festivity, as many other veterans are. But I do understand where they're coming from. And Personally, on Memorial Day, I am constantly flooded with memories of my friends, especially my friends who did not make it home. And so I always take the time to honor and remember them. 
But what kind of a Satanist would I be if I didn't have a little bit of fun, no matter what the day was? Well now, I believe that concludes my little history lesson on Memorial Day. We're going to take a quick break to hear a few messages from Radio Free Satan, and when we come back I will be joined by my panel who will give their perspectives on Memorial Day. Stay tuned. This is Reverend Gene, the host of Voxatane, exclusively on Radio Free Satan. Join me every week as we indulge in the classical side of music spanning the past 1,000 years. Voxatani has already featured over 700 composers covering medieval, Baroque, classical, romantic, and contemporary music, including chant, choral, opera, keyboard, and orchestral music, with composers ranging from Gluck to Gilmore, Bach to Bellevance, Talis to Taverner, and Paganini to Pert. Get your weekly recommended dose of classical music right here on Voxatani, only on Radio Free Satan, with me, Reverend Jean. Hail Satan! What is naturism? The history practices and other aspects of living a clothing-free lifestyle. All on the Naked Satanist, hosted by warlock Jeff Ivins. Why start your mornings early when you can sleep in late and wake up later to a freshly brewed cup of Radio Free Satan? Radio Free Satan is infernally roasted with a complex taste to suit your indulgence. It's sinful. That's why it tastes great. So pour yourself another helping of this podcast and others at RadioFreeSatan.com. Welcome back to this special Memorial Day episode of the Infernal Legion podcast. Now, during the last segment, I gave a brief history and overview of Memorial Day, where it came from, what it represents, and how I personally observe the holiday. But I think it's important to hear from other veterans and find out what this holiday means to them and how they observe it. So to that end, please welcome my panel. Up first is the Sergeant-at-Arms of the Infernal Legion. He is also the post and district commander for the American Legion, an Army National Guard vet and an accomplished bluegrass musician. Warlock Wes Vanderpool, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? Good. Good. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Wonderful. Up next, we have our FNG. That's fucking new guy for the uninitiated. <laughs> He's both fucking new to the Infernal Legion and to the Church of Satan, but he is not new to the military. He's a retired master sergeant from the United States Air Force, where he served as a dog handler. Please welcome Citizen Ryan S. to the show. Hey, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> welcome, man. And, of course, last but never least in my heart oh. is the man himself who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. He's the host of numerous podcasts and YouTube shows covering topics as diverse as Satanism, uh, book, game, and movie reviews. He's an avid outdoorsman and a father to a host of psychopathic chickens, a United <laughs> States Army veteran, Reverend Adam Campbell. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. <laughs> all right guys i want to say first and foremost i appreciate you guys all being here taking your time to do this with me um special thank you to adam for bringing up the idea of doing a round table because I, I do think it's important to hear what everyone has to say 
Um, and I kind of just want to jump right into it. So what does Memorial Day mean for you individually? What does it symbolize and how do you observe it every year? Whoever wants to start, just kick us off. Well, uh, I really, for me, it's uh, a time to reflect, uh, reflect on brothers lost and uh, family lost uh, that have uh, left this plane, as it were. And uh, yeah, just take time uh, to remember to remember all those folks and uh, to try to remember them in my own way. Usually involves a, a bourbon or three, and uh, uh, you know, moving onward. For real. Right, yeah, well. I find alcohol generally helps the holiday pass pretty uh, pretty easy. Yes. yes <laughs> I don't know, man, because then you usually end up just in like a, a, a weeping, slobbering mass on this couch <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, Sometimes, yeah. It should have been me. God damn it. It should have been me. That's a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How about you, yeah. Ryan? What do you usually do? So uh, for me, it's always um, I'm weird, right? Because I'm an Air Force dude and we don't do combat, but <laughs> I've like, done ever. <laughs> and uh, it's just a matter of like remembering the sacrifices um, that our brothers and sisters have paid. And uh, one of my closest friends, he was a ranger during Mogadishu. And we just, we, we get it, right? So it's just a matter of, like, hanging out, like, having good times because that's what we do, right? So you get wild, you have a good time. And then at the end of the night, there might be some darkness, but it's worth it. Oh, right. I, I do tend to also find that if you have the opportunity to surround yourself with other vets, it tends to keep that darkness at bay. Yeah, for um, sure. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm just hoping that robe doesn't open. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's underneath that thing. I don't want to find out. <laughs> well, I'm personally, I'm just jealous of the uh, whoopee robe. That's that's pretty awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Look at that. <laughs> we can't put this on YouTube anymore. Right? <laughs> it just got dark. <laughs> pasties, American flag pasties. Where'd you get, get that, that banana hammock? <laughs> it's an AR-15 banana hammock. <laughs> it's so big. Don't threaten with a so good time. <laughs> All right, Adam. What about you? All right. Um, it's about remembering what the price of freedom actually is, I think. Uh, the the reality that it's not these far off names without a body that are doing the fighting and dying. It's actual human beings. It's fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and stuff. I mean, it's 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 people that are close to you that that are intimate with relationships and, and shared memories. You know, it's it's the idea that you may not like any 
specific political moment or agenda by any individual. But if you're a brother in arms, then it, that doesn't even factor into anything. It, it, all that matters is that you're going to do your job to make sure they don't that they do come home. And when they don't, you can't help but feel a little bit responsible in some way, even though chaos is. You, you still think that, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps the price should not be so high or perhaps there are are, are different avenues that can be taken to uh, recontextualize the battlefield in the first place of, you know, sending troops in harm's way in the first place. So it's always about sort of recontextualizing the price of freedom. For me. Mm. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I like the way you said that, especially yeah. the. Um, the, the bit about how do you move forward after experiencing something like that and how can that change the battlefield, which I think is something that's um, sorely overlooked. Like I know advances in technology happen all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, most of us who served during the, uh, the global war on terrorism saw those changes happening really fast paced. But at the same time, it, it almost seems like the story is just the same, no matter how advanced the technology gets. And, I think Memorial Day is a great time to reflect on how we can change it so we have so I have fewer names instead of more to add to this list every year. Right. Absolutely. That's, that's a, a wonderful point. thing, right? That the uh our advancements in, in technology, like there's fewer names, but they paid that price too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild because, I mean, the the reality is, is no matter how. No matter how many new drones come out, you are always going to need in some capacity someone on the ground, whether that's a spotter or whether that's uh, someone just sweeping through buildings because drones can't do that. You know, you, you can always pretend like you want robots to go in and and sort of uh, scout out terrain in urban environment, for example, but nothing is the same as the instant decision-making that a human being can make, whether this is a safe situation or a hostile situation, whether this is just a kid playing with a toy versus a potential combatant. So like, no matter how far we go in the future with, Flying cars or jetpacks. I was promised flying cars when I was a little baby. We're and never getting flying them. cars. Just letting go. <laughs> no matter how far we, you know, Jetsons like we get, there's always still going to have to be someone, and it'll be fewer. And arguably, I think the greater majority of the the world is going to see that probably as a objectively good thing. And and arguably it is, except that now you know the person's name. Everyone knows it because there's only one or or five or ten instead of platoons or battalions. So it becomes infinitely more personal and you can't really help that. And so, you know, rather than hyper focusing on. The diplomacy or the problem solving before we deal with the battlefield. Ultimately, what happens is we just don't show on the news, the corpses coming back on the plane. You know, we just ignore the the price and we just focus on the amorphous mission, which the public doesn't give a damn about in the first place. And then whenever 
Memorial Day does come around, they thank the living members, which just proves they're fucking idiots. Or oh, they so, just think of it in yeah. terms of going and getting a cheaper sectional sofa rather than what the actual fucking holiday is actually about. And that that right. drives me insane. I had a, a client come up for a bunch of social media post imagery and they're like, we want something like this or something like this or something like that. And it's all like people happy holding their pets or, you know, smiling and with like little sparklers or, you know, always having some sort of Americana paper mache props in the background or something. And so what I sent was a graveyard with a bunch of flags in it. I said, <laughs> this is the holiday. If you want to celebrate, which I don't know why you would celebrate it. If you want to recognize the holiday, this is it. It's yeah. not all that other bullshit, the, the fucking Disneylanding of it. It's not the commercial sales. It's it's the the loss, like people's family members. Yeah. And and you just want a fucking a hot dog. Like fuck you. <laughs> Got a right. hot dog for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually found it very interesting. Uh, you know, what was it? Three years ago, I think I started doing these special Memorial Day episodes of this podcast. So I had to do a deep dive into the history of Memorial Day, and I found it very interesting and a little disconcerting that um, essentially Congress had to pass a measure in the year 2000 asking uh, that everyone pause at 3 o'clock p.m. wherever you're at to remember mm -hmm. the So not only does this day exist as a holiday, it's there, it should have been observed this whole time, but in the year 2000, Congress had to remind everyone, okay, hey, how about at 3 o'clock We'll all stop and remember because they're too busy, like you said, getting their new sectionals or having their hot dogs to uh, or just celebrating the fact that they have a three or four day weekend right. to even pause and reflect without a reminder. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with uh, technology continuing to advance, as you were saying, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be easier for the decision makers to go to war, I think, Uh because you won't have as many human elements and, you know, the people who never step foot on a battlefield never ha are affected by that loss. I think they, they lose what the cost really is. I mean, even, you know, you don't lose a single person maybe to a gunshot or, you know, to an IED. However, there are scars, they, you know, that they come back with. And it, it seems like the greater technology goes. I mean, it's in a way, it's pretty scary because it becomes easier just to say, hey, let's go blow the shit out of that country. It's won't cost us many troops, you know. Um, right. It, it's kind of a scary thing. And you look at where our country was in World War II, how many people went and served there and Vietnam and, and even Korea. You know, there was a great human cost to all of that. So it it, it is a little little scary to think that that would still happen. Yeah, that's a good point. And not only would it be easier because it's easier, you're sending less people, but uh, decision makers may not even think about it because they don't, they don't have to send as many people. Right. Like the American people will just support it because there's not that many going. Right. Well, yeah, it's, oh, it's right, also sorry. not their children. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that connects to, to your um, uh, statement about there being a warrior culture in in the U.S. You know, there's a whole warrior class that there's people fighting and dying traditionally from uh, lower economic status. And they're the ones that are actually making the sacrifices in larger percentages than than anyone else. Uh, so much so that it becomes this sort of microcosm of the U.S. where everyone else never even considers it. I remember in college, um, someone was uh, complaining about having to sign up for the draft, some little kid. And uh, he, he, like the idea that he would even have to sign up for a draft in a time where there hasn't been anyone ever called on a draft in two generations of his lifespan was the most insane notion I'd ever thought of. Because he doesn't understand what it means to serve something other than his own whims. You know, the, the idea that you would have to step up and protect that which you are abusing every day, you know, the country, that that's that's a bridge too far. I'll enjoy it, but I'm not going to fight for it is the message he's sending. And that yep. kind of drives me a little bit it's insane. I mean, you know, I went off on a little rant on him about it, but the truth is, is there's only very few costs to everything that we get um, to enjoy in uh, America specifically, but I'm sure other countries that have standing forces. And the reality is, is that you may never have to pay that toll, but you should at least acknowledge that it is a potentiality. And if it comes to that, that you're willing, like you, no one, and this is the other thing that, you know, when we're talking about this and we're talking about how people misunderstand it or, you know, they don't, you know, we don't want to have uh, the loss of life on the battlefield. The bitter truth is we're soldiers. We were trained to complete yep. a mission. The consequence of failing that mission or the unintended consequence of performing that mission is the potential of death. So we understand that this is a cost that we may have to pay. And the ones that are lucky are sitting here and all around the rest of the country having, you know, survived their service without uh, dying. But as Wes just mentioned, there are some who do, in fact, come home from the battlefield. But the lingering pain, the lingering uh, mental damage that they had suffered persists and the the suicide rate of veterans is astronomical compared to any other group of peoples so that 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 loss of war continues even when you're not in it and that's not soldiers or former soldiers complaining about that we knew that was a potential price going into it everyone who has died on the battlefield knew that that was a potential price and some people decided to stay in order to make sure others didn't have to and so we understand the toll we understand the cost we're not complaining about that what we're complaining or at least what i'm complaining about i don't want to be solipsistic here is that people just simply don't understand they don't understand the holiday they don't understand the cost they don't understand the price they, they just think it's another day off from work. It's a three or four day week and then they can go take their, their caravan and go up into the mountains and drink a bunch of Bud Light or I don't know, maybe not now, but <laughs> before. Great, great, great. <laughs> just, it drives me nuts. Yeah, no, I, yeah I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, uh, you talked about the suicide rate of veterans. Um, I still consider those battlefield losses, yeah. but uh just because it takes, you know, a few years to get there doesn't mean that that was the result of it. But there's also millions of veterans who suffer from uh, chronic illnesses that they developed by being too close to a burn pit or by uh, 
being injured in, in combat that maybe didn't kill them right away, but an infection will kill them two years later or something like that. Um, so there's there's a lot more uh, of a cost in warfare than not only the layperson realizes, but I think sometimes than than anyone who's alive realizes. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of those guys who are suffering from either mental issues or from physical issues, they go ignored. I mean, we're just now seeing uh, the burn pit um, stuff start to go through. It hasn't, the money hasn't even hit the VA yet for them to actually do anything. We're just now starting to see the claims come in, come in. And this is 20 years after the fact. And well, never mind was, what happens to the like, like, Korean like, vets. Uh, Gulf War One, you know, like, those guys they're long retired but they are dealing with this shit and now the gwat 2 folks are dealing with it it's it uh god yeah it's 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 a mess yeah and you would think that it you know if, if the, a decent amount of the population had a little bit of common sense the fact that they're watching this play out on their very street would would maybe be a little bit of a reminder to me. Um, but then again, I'm not one to go around and, and beg people to feel sorry for, for right, other people. Right. You know, <laughs> but I, I do think that yeah. that's a, a really important note to be made. Is that I don't think anyone would ever want someone to feel sorry for for anyone that you know paid the ultimate price. The the fact is is it's just acknowledgement. That's it. Just acknowledge it because yeah. you're benefiting from it every single day. Just acknowledge that it's a thing, that it actually happened, that you and, and by acknowledging in the most basic of levels, just internally in your head, you then almost make it OK. <laughs> like the price is worth it if you at, at least understand that price, because otherwise you're just an ignorant taker. You're a leech on all of society. You're taking everything away from it and giving nothing back. And arguably, those are the people that should be like shot out of cannons into the battlefield because the world would be infinitely better without them. Because if you think it begins and ends just with acknowledging a holiday, you're a fool. This is just one tiny aspect of their lives that they just don't recognize anyone else has any part in. And that's not to say that you have to hold hands and do a kumbaya or anything, but it does mean just sit for a second and realize that everything that you have as an opportunity, especially right now, if you're not signed up as a, a service member, if you never served your community or your public in any way, then you have no idea what it, the shit that, that you have to deal with and the price that you have to ultimately be prepared to pay. It's it's ridiculous how fucking ignorant our goddamn public is. And we encourage it. Commercially, we encourage it simply by having those stupid fucking sales or get a new mattress. Hey, discount on TVs. And everyone just wants to pull out their fucking wallets or swipe their damn cards. Meanwhile, people are fucking trying to get sand out of their fucking M16 or their, I'm sorry, that's dating me. Their M4s and like... <laughs> They're giving up everything so that you can pull that stupid card out of your back pocket, you ignorant asshole. Yeah. Fuck. Right. And you know, the the, so the public ignorance is uh uh is really bad when it comes to ongoing operations. Like um we recently ended the war in Afghanistan. All of the troops pulled out of Afghanistan. Uh, 
And people just kind of washed their hands, the whole thing. They said, okay, it's over. That whole period of our time is over. It's not over. There's still, I think, 13,000 troops in Iraq. They're still uh, spread out across the Horn of Africa and the rest of the Middle East. There's still another, I think, almost 100,000 altogether. Um, and then that's not even counting operations that happen in Latin America, that happen uh, in Asia. Um, and, and now we're deploying more troops to the border again uh, to assist the, the border patrol. So people like to, they think, oh, well, we're out of Afghanistan, so this war is over. Now we'll just mourn those fallen. But people are still falling every single day overseas. And I wonder if part of the complacency of the American people is because we've become so good at what we do, that they never have to see the war up close. You know, I think it was World War II yeah. was the last time four soldiers were on American soil. Yeah, I, I would say that's part of it, but it's, uh, you know, I not to go down a whole rabbit hole, but I mean, it really is that our, our media is so goddamn used as a tool for to benefit those and you know most of the time it's not beneficial for the powers that be to show uh troops bleeding uh to show bodies coming home coffins draped with flags and our society you know you guys are hitting it right on the head our our fucking society is at a point where they have zero self-reflection it's all about the right now the the quick adrenaline boost the quick um, endorphin boost they get from buying something new from self-gratification even if it's not the fun kind that they they don't fucking think and they they don't realize what is actually happening in the world and that we have people who are like you know you keep doing that you keep sitting there being comfy in your fucking chairs and your your fancy ass cars I'm going to go, you know, freeze my ass off someplace or sweat my ass off, depending where the operation is, getting eaten alive by fucking mosquitoes and scorpions and goddamn diamondbacks. And, uh, you know, and that's every, just basic training that. Yeah, that was Fort <laughs> Leonard Wood between, you know, May and uh, December. But it, honestly, I mean, it, it is it is so ridiculous. And, and there is this small subculture in our society, as you were saying, of the warrior class. And, you know, it's something stepping kind of outside myself uh, into more of a public thing of doing the the American Legion. I mean, I, ju I got so tired of, of not doing anything locally where I was at, I would, you know, go into uh, see veterans, like go, I go into Lowe's or go to Home Depot or Target or whatever. And you'd see veterans, you could tell because they had that same damn look and uh, there, there was nothing going for them. And, and when, you know, like most people, I, I went to the American Legion because it's like, Hey, it's cheap beer. And I, what I ended up finding <laughs> was, was a whole lot of veterans. I mean, you know, guys from Vietnam era, guys from the Gulf War, and everywhere in between. You know, one of the guys I, I uh, am pretty close with uh, was in Afghanistan in uh, 2013. I think he came home. So, you know, it, it's a wide ranging thing, and every there's there's that commonality that everybody's seen the same shit. You know, every even going back to Vietnam, yeah. one one of my closest guys, you know, is a double Purple Heart winner 
funniest dude on the planet. He talks about getting shot, but I mean, it's the same shit, the same sense of humor, the same thing in every war. And, and our, our society is just so blind to, to what's happening all over it. I'm with you, Adam. I mean, that, that kind of shit pisses me off. It's like, you know, to see that and, and for people like, to come up and say, oh, thank you, you know, for your service on Memorial Day. It's like any other day I'd be cool with that, you know, but it's not fucking today, man. Like, like, don't thank me. Thank my friends who didn't come out of the combat zone. Like, that's what Memorial Day is about. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, it's so fucking rough. Like, I love it. But it's just, it's hard because it's like, hey, man, I'm trying to, like, remember my friends and my comrades. And you're just like, oh, thank you for your service. Like, no, it's not about me. It's about those folks that didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I think that's an especially raw nerve uh, for uh, recent veterans. I think that, like, the guys from Vietnam, they've tended to uh, built up a callus over yeah. it and there's you know someone says thank you for your service they just maybe roll their eyes or they even do the whole handshake thank you for your support thing yeah. but guys who are fresh out of the sandbox it oh. really hits like that nerve a lot harder and i wonder if maybe one day like i, I know it, it hits me personally i wonder if i'll develop that callus and then i always ask myself should i develop that callus? you know yeah. and i'm great question man I mean, it, it comes to the fact of, are we being too critical and demanding too much of, and by our demanding, literally the demand is just recognize the reality of the holiday. That's it. Right. Yeah. Just remember. But are we demanding too much of a public that is continuously fed 24 hours entertainment, shocking, you know, everything is uh, late breaking news. Uh, it's it's a hyper focusing on on celebrity and sports and uh, popular culture uh, talking heads. Can we expect can, can we even like hope that someone would have any room in their thick skull to even think about anything else than they're just being constantly force fed? And I want to say, no, it's not too much to ask. But we are in an age where kids going to school have digital devices. They don't. We have AI chatbots that can write essays for you. I mean, we're like a slurpy away from Wally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a well, robot doing it for you. Might as well, Wally. <laughs> um, well okay so let me ask you this then as a, as a kind of follow-up to that because uh, we talked about how much the day means to us and how much we kind of i guess you could say wish that it meant to other people is how important is the day itself or sh- or is the fact that we've separated out a day of the year for this specifically part of the reason that it's not at the forefront of you? can i go first yeah by all means so I I appreciate the we uh, as Americans have this day, right? Where 
this is what we do and we remember all of our veterans but um for me you know as an air force guy uh i've been through some shit and i just i will never not remember or forget the sacrifices that my combat in arms made for me so like veterans day is great or sorry memorial day but memorial day for me is every day it's just the one day that i can be like okay this is what we do if that makes sense yeah i mean for us it's definitely uh not necessary to have a day because like you had just mentioned i mean it it's persistent it's always in your head if if uh, if you've been in that situation then how can you possibly forget i mean anyone who's lost a mother or father in regular life understands that you're not going to constantly be thinking about them but if they're gone from time to time it's going to pop in your head maybe it's a song maybe it's a joke someone told or maybe it's a laugh that reminds you of something else and then instantly you're right back there to that yep. pain position and you're just you're just going to have to suck it up and just live in that moment until it passes <laughs> every day you know i mean so for i don't think the holiday is important for us living veterans, um, arguably, it's not really important. Well, it's definitely not important for the dead because they're fucking dead. But for, I, I mean, it's it's the the only point is for the public to stop for one day out of a year, one day, yep. and just say, oh yeah, and then move about their fucking business. That's yeah. like that's it. And most don't even do that. No. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. Wes, what do you think about, like, do we need the holiday? Is the holiday for us? Is it for them? I, I, I think we do. I think we need it as a reminder to the, the public, to those that never served in some way. And, and, you know, it's like the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, you know, I, I would almost say we need a week and drown that motherfucker, you know? <laughs> Like, uh, it, you know, you, you're hitting it down the head. I mean, that is exactly it. I mean, we remember it every day, you know, all the time. And the the thing I, I think is good, you know, having been involved with the ceremonies like the last uh, year or two at, at the local posts, like every Memorial Day, we have a big ceremony and, and we get, um, you know, some a guy that that's in was in the army band plays taps. And uh, you have families from, uh, you know, veterans who have passed on maybe recently, maybe they passed on during combat, um, but that always gets them. And you can see in that moment for just a split second, they, oh. they remember. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that's what's needed is, is maybe more instead of less, but uh, we, as we've seen, I mean, constantly most don't get it. They're they're too concerned right now with LeBron and uh, who the <laughs> hell Kim Kardashian screwing, you know, and uh, right. if she's still a thing. Um, but they, yeah. I, I don't even know, you know. I mean, that's that's <laughs> for me. That's kind of you know. It's why I kicked social media. Like I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just too much, and I was getting drowned in all the bullshit. And you know, canceling that it it made me aware of of more of happiness locally around me which is where i feel like you know we can make great change 
is locally in the real world. And, uh, you know, that that's the, the only reason that I've gone to the Legion other than the cheap beer is, uh, <laughs> <There's a theme. laughs> there, there is a thing. Uh, but, but really just to, you know, uh, more for a little camaraderie, but, but also to help these guys, you know, that need help. And I, until recently, you know, I've been commander of this post for a year for most of that year, I was the youngest guy there and, uh, everybody else, you know, 60s, 70s and 80s. And, uh, they, they were just so happy to see a young person. They're like, Oh, you know, somebody who hasn't forgotten us. And now we have tons of young members because I've been trying to make changes to update us into the 21st century, at least at that. You had a disco ball. Oh, we they, they <laughs> had, did it. It's magic. <laughs> but just hey, getting I, the message out, man. Yeah, I, I've experienced the same thing. At, um, I spend more time with the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the VFW, than I do with the American Legion. Um, but they're very similar organizations in what they do. And I noticed that, too. It's it's uh, it's like pulling teeth to get young guys to go in there. Um, and just like you, I started with wanting some cheap beer. And go in and get my cheap beer and then start swapping stories. And and like you had mentioned earlier, you start swapping stories with an old guy that was in Korea or Vietnam. And you realize not only what they went through, you realize where your own blinders kind of were uh, on the history of warfare and the history of the United States, but also how much you have in common and how much yeah, of what you've been through is the same story. thing. Like. Oh, I fucking canoed this dude's skull open. Like, wait, what the fuck? No, <laughs> stop. But it's, you know, they they've done the same things that we have done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I one of one of the guys um, that is there is a uh, you know he was a Tuskegee Airman. Uh, oh, you know this dude. He was wow. the first ever Top Gun. Uh, in, in military history, first Top Gun, first African American to fly a jet in combat, you know, and he turns a hundred this year, and this man is still sharp as attack. I mean, remembers names, dates, and uh, you know, gets around really well. And just to, and, and I found the same thing: a hundred-year-old person. You know, you take the typical person on the street talking about a hundred-year-old person. They're they think, oh, there's nothing in common. Still the same stories. I mean, the same right, shit that yeah. he went through. <laughs> I mean, a little <laughs> different, obviously, for, for us, you know, but, uh, I mean, this, the same shit. I mean, the military is the military across the board. Everybody, ha- you know, goes through dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have a, a, a near universal language with things like, um, you know, the, the internal jargon. Obviously, it differs a little bit from branch to branch. And as technology changes, new acronyms are added. But if you say something like, you know, sports to a guy that was in Vietnam, he's going to know exactly what you mean and, and you know, how to clear a jam on your rifle. Uh, if you tell the story about that one really sadistic drill sergeant, it's a totally different drill sergeant for that guy, but he went through the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so the holiday does exist. Uh whether or not we think that having a specific day is that important, it does exist. And I'm glad you brought up the the uh, VSOs who have like local chapters and whatnot. 
because one of the things that they all do, at least that I've seen across the board, is they have the uh, the Palmaya table. The table that's set up year round with uh, you know an empty glass, a plate, and nobody sits there. That table is reserved for people who didn't make it back. Yep. Um, and that gets me thinking about all the national rituals that occur on Memorial Day, outside of the commercialization, outside of the barbecues and things like that. Things like the president laying the wreath on the Tomb of the Unknown, um, volunteers around the country planting flags at veterans' graveyards or on veterans' graves if they're not in a veteran graveyard. And so I'm curious to see, I mean, especially because we're all Satanists, so we, we understand the importance of ritual in an individual's life. Do those rituals get to you guys, or are they just kind of people walking through the, you know, going through the motions at this point? Hmm. Those those typically don't for me all the time. The I think the the ritual, the more personal rituals that you can see in any military graveyard or really any graveyard on Memorial Day, um, people planting flags, you know, on on grandmother, grandfather, grandmother's grave, whoever the veteran was, um, that really stands out to me. Because it's it, it's so powerful the the connection and even people that maybe it was a great grandfather but uh, you know they were raised in such a way that they appreciate that sacrifice uh, that that personal ritual of, of being invested just for that few moments uh, in what that person went through and and did so that they had that freedom to go visit their grave. That that's a to me is a, a pretty powerful one. So I would say that um, to me the rituals, aside from like I'm a Satanist, I'm not like all the things. It's just very important because this is kind of how I found Satanism anyway was like the magical rituals and like trying to think of how to say it but they they are just very very important um i grew up wanting to be a uh military uh what's the term the uh the dudes the um honor guard like i want oh okay and so yeah ritual is important and it just makes all of the stuff we do that much more important um you know we we fight we do our things but then there's also those honor guard guys that like make it ceremonial and it's it's super important to me like I will always default to that. So, yeah, those ceremonies are important, and I will always continue to uh, honor them and just do it. Yeah, I like that the um, the president acknowledges it in the way that he does. I, mm. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe in a couple more elections, as our society continues to degrade exponentially, I don't know that those are going to be observed anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, we're, mm -hmm. 
we're sort of at a place right now where we question norms, governmental yep. norms. And once you start questioning that, well, then the next is government behaviors. And right. that's observing holidays in, in specific ritualistic fashion. You know, there, for me, there's a lot of comfort in the fact that this uh, day and all of the rituals associated with it have happened so long and uh, by so many people. It's just, uh, you know, you're walking in shoes that have already done this dance before. You just, you, you feel sort of connected in that, if not, shut up, Siri. If not pain, then experience at least. And so yeah. uh, I, I do like that aspect of it a lot. I mean, it, it you know, depending on who the president is, it doesn't matter to me. As long as they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, then, you know, which is right. It's, it's moments like that, those little ritualistic moments where the, the person itself really doesn't matter. It's the position, not the person. Yeah, exactly. That's yep. not always the case, but definitely in those types of situations, I think it it's true. Yeah. And I know that uh, the doctor talked frequently about the importance of music and ritual and quite honestly i i can't think of a better piece of music for memorial day than taps i mean every time uh, i hear taps even if it's not memorial day it, it pulls on my heart <laughs> yeah dude if you play taps on bagpipes i'm fucking balling yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. like, that is crazy too because if like you give me amazing grace on bagpipes and I'm in a hundred percent. Like I, I love that shit. You give me taps on bagpipes. I love it. This is great. You yeah. put on like Debbie Gibson. Not so much. <laughs> you know, on, I just don't, there's, there's certain applications for bagpipes and it's gotta be war or <laughs> memory of war or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Taps or amazing grace. I'm going to be fucking bawling. Just yeah. like, I yeah, know right. what's going on right now. <laughs> it is funny because it's like this subconscious trigger uh for some some vets i say some because i know some that they don't give a fuck it doesn't affect them at all but yeah, for me yeah, like yes. the raising of a flag or, or listening to the national anthem or listening to taps that shit is like 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 pavlov's ringing a bell and i'm looking mm. for food like you know it's dog looking for food it's a scientific experiment that was done, and I'm not a crazy person just talking about I'd like to think that our audience is better educated, but they are mostly veterans. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Actually. So, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's this weird thing where you just sort of react, and you don't even – you're not even processing why you're reacting the way you are. It's just – it happens. It's just yeah. subconscious. Oh, it's brutal. Like, brutal. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you specifically, Ryan, and I, you know, everyone can share their story from their time in, but you're the most recent out of the service. Like, you yep. just retired not that long. I think, what are we, on a year ago? Or just a few months, actually. Uh, February. But, okay, so, yeah. You're fresh out. Um, what was, I know that it's a four-day weekend, uh, when you're in the military, but what were the observances like as recent as you were in, like on, on post on base? So it was very, just kind of like, let me talk shit about my branch of service. Like, oh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's just another four day weekend because, you know, fuck the air force. Those guys don't get it. But it was, 
so I have spent a lot of time with like actual ground combat units. And so it was very meaningful for me. And I was like, hey, like we're doing this thing, like, yo, whatever. Like, so it was challenging because I I have had friends and comrades who have actually, you know, gone in combat. And then the rest of these Air Force folks are just like, oh yeah, it's just a weekend off. Like, no, I can't I can't connect with you. Like, fuck y'all. So yeah, it was it was very challenging. Um, yeah, that must have been kind of a uh, kind of a sticking point for you. I know. I, generally speaking, the army is a, is a combat force, so there's a right. lot more people who experience it than than not. But there's still the purely 100% administrative side um, of the army, and it always seemed like there was a big disconnect between those guys and, for lack of a better term, line units. You know, yeah. Actually, go okay. up. well. First of all, those guys were nerds. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it, it was very weird for me being an Air Force guy who was like admin, but I get chopped out to an infantry unit. Right. So. And that was primarily because of the dog, right? Here. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was walking point for an infantry unit and they used to call me an 11 kilo. Like, not 11 Bravo, but, like, you're a, you're infantry, but you're a dog handler. Right. <laughs> and just, I don't know, it was, it was weird because I went through the shit, but then also, like, random infantry artillery units, like, oh, you're, you're, you're like, well, yeah, but. I've been through more shit than you, buddy. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, I, was, I was artillery in the army, but I was out on patrol every day, so I don't want to hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, I was I was hanging one twenty twos, just like let's get drunk, like let's hang mortars, <laughs> let's do it. So, I'm 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 weird. I'm a I'm a weird like half breed, I guess. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. There's a lot of people that kind of like a like a Navy corpsman who's attached to a Marine unit. I'm sure it feels yeah. the same. Yeah, same shit. And oh. me and my dog, like we found a lot of explosive devices. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I know that more of us are farther removed, but I don't know if uh, Adam, do you remember what Memorial Day was like on post when you were in? Uh, well, for three years it was with the MP unit. And so we were always working. Um, so I, I, oh, what's sorry. that? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you can swear so, it your phone. <laughs> so it didn't really, you know, I, I don't re- really remember the base doing anything. And I think that mm-hmm. to your point of like being like a, a line unit versus like a support unit, I was like, I was signaled, but I was attached to the MP uh, unit. And so if you were just at like battalion, then they probably had pop and circumstance you know, for the, right. the holiday, you know, for, for Memorial Day or, you know, maybe brigade level just for televisions or, or, you know, just the newspaper or something so that people know that that stuff still happens. But the soldiers are still working, you know, even if it's a, a four day weekend, there's still some people working. 
Nope. So I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, that's I, a good I really point. don't ever remember deployed, attending folks. like, like there's, a there's ceremony. people at the bases that are working. There's the the hospitals are still open. The MPs are still patrolling. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, always going to be someone at headquarters. What about you, Wes? You were National Guard, so it's probably yeah. a little different for you. Yeah. Um, Tickle fights, right? It, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> no, they, uh, I don't remember anything uh, really that the Guard did when we weren't deployed. Um, but when we were deployed, they they uh, uh, our battalion commander wanted to do a five-mile run. Um, yeah. And uh, I forgot about that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> I mean, luckily, uh, the engineers, uh, we always had patrol. Like any time the battalion commander wanted to do anything, the engineers were outside the, the wire. Uh, so right. <laughs> um, but that one, I, I, I don't think we ended up uh, running as far Um uh, I, I can't remember how we got out of it. I'm sure booze was involved somehow, but uh, <laughs> we. Uh, but they on the deployment at the base, they they did uh, have that. I think they had a concert. Um, I can't remember who it was now, but uh, yeah, they they definitely observed it. Um, I have, may have had special a special meal fixed or something like that. Um, but it, it, it was definitely something the higher up in rank you went, it seemed like the more, um, that they had that pomp and circumstance and the more uh, it kind of mattered really. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know, um, Memorial Day is kind of a somber topic, but, um, uh, the whole month of May is a big military thing. Uh, May itself is military appreciation month. Um, we also have uh, uh, Military Spouse Appreciation Day towards the beginning of May. We just recently uh, passed Armed Forces Day um, when uh, people who are actively serving get honored for their stuff. Uh, how do you guys feel about all that stuff kind of crammed in to one month with the very end of it being Memorial Day? Is it, is it kind of appropriate that you start celebrating and get somber at the end, or is it just too much stuff in one month? Interesting, mm. because, I mean, the reality is I think they're just trying to put it, you know, in a tight little bundle so you can just observe and get <laughs> on with your life, you know? It's like right. sort of passing by on the road. Oh, there's May. All right, thanks for your service. And you drive on. I kind of feel like that's why they do it like that. And so, I mean, if it's to give more awareness of the different, you know, uh, remembrances, then fuck let's just keep tacking them on you know i mean if there's a day missing let's right. fill it up fucking camo <laughs> pant day or you know do like a fucking office <laughs> thing where you can come in wearing camo pants on the fridays or something where your whoopee is a robe day <laughs> ryan's got that coming. hey fuck off <laughs> that's awesome um, you know the other side of that though is additionally to the military stuff it's uh the law enforcement memorial days too um right, which yeah. a, a week ago i think i think so i think you're right, yeah. right. so may is just like cram packed with all the stuff but 
like it it sucks but i'm also like super happy that people are like well this is the time that we're going to remember the sacrifices you make whether that is um you know memorial day or law enforcement day or whatever like it just like i'm kind of glad that people still do this for us that's a good point i didn't think about that because we did we have talked quite at length about how annoying the massive public can be but there are pockets of people out there who never even served who go yeah. out of their way during this time period to show respect or to you know volunteer to plant the flags or to to hold these kind of ceremonies and even even the giant corporations usually offer some kind of discount so that's always nice oh yeah <laughs> um, yeah uh, so i guess there there is a little more festivity is the wrong word but a, a little more concern from the general population than i think sometimes we might realize so yeah. though it's not every though is sure. that they do it from you know may 1st to may 31st and then they just don't care and they just stop yeah yeah, yeah. you don't hear a peep from them until veterans day right <laughs> yeah yeah and oh, it, it fuck you i like my whoop <laughs> no, I, I love it i'm just jealous <laughs> that uh but it, it also uh, i think could be the area of the country you're in as well uh as to how much participation you you see um yep. I mean, being as uh close to denver as we are uh there's not too much i mean you know they'll have a memorial day um usually an a event i don't think they do a parade anymore but at one time they did uh which was odd i felt but uh usually it's stuff like that they they don't really do it until veterans day um and right. then the further they're more rural area the more smaller towns and stuff seem to appreciate that more and i think it, maybe that goes back to the point of uh, the warrior class probably comes more from that area uh yep. the smaller communities that uh actually give a shit and and celebrate it and these dang hipsters <laughs> <laughs> Just shout, yeah. get off my lawn playing your banjo on your porch. <laughs> Usually, yes. Yes. Damn hipsters! This, you know, let's be honest, like, especially from the enlisted side, the, um, your folks that enlist, especially for, like, the enlisted side, is they're lower, like, they're lower income folks, you know? And then, like, half seas for warrant officers and then you know uh the officers they're like fancy college kids but by and large your the bulk of your enlisted force is poor white folks right yeah and it's and it's generation it's generational as well um yep. which is yeah uh, when I when I first brought that concept up to you, uh, Adam, what was it? That was years ago now. It feels like, but <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was it was a combination of those things. It's low income, uh, and you're right. Low income generally means 
the southern part of the U.S. or at least the rural part of the U.S. Yeah. And it's generational. So if uh, if you are serving, chances are high. It's not always the case, but chances are high that, you know, your dad served, your grandpa served, stuff like that. And it does tend to build that kind of genealogy uh, that creates a culture. Uh, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I, I do think that those people tend to work harder and the military is a lot of hard work. Um, so I think that aspect of it is, uh, is a good thing, but I think, uh, a lot of people who make the call to go to war could, uh, could stand to, to put some time in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I've always been a long proponent of, you cannot even be an official citizen unless you've served your community in some manner. So whether that's military service or you you know do a hospital work or postal work or something, just something so you're giving back to the greater society that you're joining, then you could then be a citizen. Because otherwise you end up with what we have right now. And it's just me bitching. Right. No one wants that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well, it's just, hey, thanks for line. I appreciate your books. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think we've about done the topic to death. Uh, let's let's go around and see if anyone has anything else, any final thoughts on Memorial Day, the holiday, anything you want to say to the listening audience. Go for it. All right. Well, I, the last thing I'll say, uh, look straight into the camera, is uh, everybody listening. I, I would hope the the bulk have served and uh, you know. Make sure that uh, you remind people what uh, the holiday is really about. And for all of you that haven't served, don't be a dick. Celebrate <laughs> the holiday as intended. All right. Well said. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> <Good> cheer. <laughs> Anybody else have any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'll just say don't fear our fallen. Um, we all chose this life and we chose this life many times over and we're here for you. We do this because we care about you. And the most important thing, like you can talk about patriotism or dying or whatever, but it's not about you. It's about the guy to the left of me and to the right of me. Yeah. Yeah, very well said. Adam? Yeah, I just had a stupid final thought that I don't think I should <laughs> say anymore. <laughs> those were uh, those were poignant. I could, have you ever thought of a bigger disparity in perception from soldiers looking at officers uh, and thinking those are those you know stupid brainiac college twerps, and then being on the outside and thinking about college kids? And you're like, those are just fucking retards. Like, they're just the <laughs> stupidest pieces of shit that are just drinking all day and not doing shit with their lives. You know, they're just showing up That's to class so that daddy continues paying it. So on that side, <laughs> on the civilian side, they're like, you're worthless. On the military side, we're like, you fucking high and mighty college piece of shit, you know? It's weird. It's like a total disparity. All right. Anyway. But hey, as, as senior non-commissioned officers, we have a responsibility to make them better. That oh, is sure. true. You got to train your officers upright. <laughs> Some of the best relationships I had were with my uh, XOs and my CO. I mean, yeah. and it's because we didn't communicate on that, that military level. As soon as we were talking, it was just 
to humans. You know, we, we could actually like get to that basic level and not not every soldier commissioned or non can get there because they're sort of in their head about what they're supposed to be doing or whatever. But if you get a dude who can just drop the rank for a second and just laugh with you or just, you know, have a moment, then it makes you want to serve them better. You know, if they're your superior, it makes you want to be a better soldier for them. It's, it's when they're like just being, I don't know how I got on this rant. Anyway, <laughs> it's, no, it's interesting. I like it. Feel free. <laughs> so, here's the summary. Hey, sir, I like you. You have a lot of potential, but I will choke the fuck out of you. <laughs> you do not listen to me. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> I like that. Well, uh, I won't end by saying happy Memorial Day because that would be an affront to all of our sensibilities. Um, but I will end by saying thank you guys very much for taking the time to do this, for giving your thoughts, uh, hopefully unfiltered to the listening audience. Um, thank you once again, Adam, for coming up with this idea. I think it's a great idea. I always try to make Memorial Day and Veterans Day a very special episode, and I think this was a great way to do it. Um, it was either this or just live stream walking through a graveyard, and I thought that might be a little <laughs> bit morbid. So. <laughs> they, they both have their merits. <laughs> Would you um, be wearing a robe, though, when you – Walk yes. through the graveyard and a perfect. I could borrow his. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, I I do hope that everyone listening takes some time uh, today to pause and reflect on the sacrifices that our brothers and sisters made for you. And I'm sure that most people, if they look far enough back in their family tree, will find somebody who served as well. Um. But after the break, I'm going to come back and do our traditional reading of the Fallen, where I will read each name of an individual who served and died in combat. All of these individuals were known to or related to our Infernal Legionnaires, so they are essentially extended family. And then we'll conclude the episode with the traditional playing of taps. In the meantime, gentlemen, once again, thank you so much. And until we get to talk again, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. In 1966, Anton LaVey created the Church of Satan, marking the beginning of the Age of Fire and year one Anno Satanus. In 1969, he published The Satanic Bible, codifying Satanism as a religion, the first time it's been done in human history. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of hell, come forth from the pit, bestow the blessings of hell upon us. For we are your children, and we invoke thee this night. In 2001, I was appointed high priest of the Church of Satan. In 2007, I published the Satanic Scriptures, further defining and expanding on Satanic philosophy and greater magic ritual. Hail Satan full of might! Hail Satan full of might! Our allegiance is with thee! Our allegiance is with thee! Cursed are they! Cursed are they! The God adorers! The God adorers! And cursed are the worshippers! Of the Nazarene eunuch! 
For the past 50 years, the Church of Satan has stood as the sole organization to define and defend Satanism as a religion. And though pretenders to the infernal throne have come and gone, we have stood the test of time and will into the future. Visit churchofsatan.com for more information and read the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Knowledge is the solution for ignorance. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Private First Class Stephen P. Snowberger III, United States Army. Special Warfare Operator Second Class Casey Lewis, United States Navy. Specialist Eric D. Clark, United States Army. Seaman Lance Alexander, United States Navy. Specialist Otero Huerta Cruz, United States Army. Machinist Mate 2nd Class Alex Solano, United States Navy. Lance Corporal William W. White, United States Marine Corps. Sergeant First Class Jason Comiso, United States Army. Corporal David S. Stewart, United States Marine Corps. First Lieutenant Dustin Vincent, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Todd M. Harris, United States Army. Captain Ian P. Weichel, United States Army. Corman Herbert Weller, United States Navy. Sergeant Daniel Rodriguez, United States Army. Senior Airman Nicholas J. Alden, United States Air Force. Staff Sergeant James D. Ellis, United States Army. Specialist Justin R. Jarrett, United States Army. Specialist Raymond S. Army Joe, United States Army. Specialist Christopher C. Walker, United States Army. Sergeant Josh Evans, United States Army. Corporal Joshua Harton, United States Army. 
Senior Airman Brian R. Bell, United States Air Force. Master Sergeant Adam F. Benjamin, United States Marine Corps. Chief Petty Officer Raymond J. Border, United States Navy. Senior Chief Petty Officer Terrell E. Horn III, United States Coast Guard. Private Michael P. Burke, United States Army. Captain Norm Olson, United States Navy. Lance Corporal Chase D. Sweetward, United States Marine Corps. Private First Class Brian J. Baltiera, United States Army. Lance Corporal Marco A. Barranco, United States Marine Corps. Private First Class Evan A. Bath, United States Army. Corporal Wesley A. Rod, United States Army. Lance Corporal Guillermo S. Perez, United States Marine Corps. Private First Class Jack R. Ostrovsky, United States Army. Corporal Caesar A. Villanueva, United States Army. Hospitalman Christopher Nim, United States Navy. Sergeant Zena K. Creamer, United States Army. Veteran Suicide Hotline, phone number is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-TALK, 
And as soon as you dial that, you press number one. Also, you can text to 838-255 for more information. But it is just as effective as chat. Support is free, confidential, and available 24-7. It is available to all servicemen and women, active and inactive, guard or reserve, and available to veterans, family members as well.